Uh, well, I'll tell you, when we did the show that was looking forward into 2024, not a prediction show or anything like that, but just sort of like reading the tea leaves, where are we, where are we headed? One of the things I said was that there are some terms that you're going to have to get used to in 2024 because they're going to be everywhere. Uh, terms like the Gulf of Aden, the Gulf of Oman, Red Sea. <laughs> you know, you're like, I don't really know where Yemen is. Well, you're going to. You need to. And I'll say I'll say that about this episode. If you're driving around or you're at the gym or you're pulling weeds in your garden or whatever you're doing, don't worry about it. But if you're sitting in front of a computer or if you listen to this at a time when, you know, when you are uh, in a place where you can pull up a map of what the Middle East looks like, you might want to do that just so that you have it as a handy reference guide. There's going to be geography on this test. I'm sorry. There just is. But, but, and, and, and again, I don't expect Americans, which is, uh, according to listen notes, 70% of my audience is American. So I don't expect Americans to, to, to know the geography of the Middle East inside and out. And it's okay. You know, you probably don't spend too much time there. I know I don't, but, uh, but if you've got a map or if you understand what this area looks like, we're going to talk about it in detail because, there's several different places in which things can kick off, and they're already starting to happen. When you see Yemen firing missiles at, at cargo ships and things like that, oil tankers, you, you need to know sort of where this is on a map. Um, and really, take, take three minutes to do it. Just pull it up just so you can take a look, and, and maybe you want to search like Saudi Arabia, Gulf of Aden, Red Sea, something like that, and pull up a map so that you can see what we're working with. I'll do my best to paint a picture of this, but um, estimates are that over $200 billion in goods have already been diverted away from the most important canal in the world, and that is the Suez Canal in Egypt, okay? Um, you know, Panama Canal in Panama is extremely important as well. It's not a contest. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe in terms of like dollars of goods shipped, maybe there's more going through the Panama Canal. I'm not sure. But the Suez Canal is deeply important for a variety of reasons, not just the geography, which makes it crucial, but but also because of the relationship and location to the oil producing countries that need this waterway in order to reach the Mediterranean and then out in into Europe and, and wherever. And frankly, uh, even if they're not going up the Red Sea through the Suez and into the Mediterranean, maybe they're coming down from the Mediterranean through the Red Sea. It doesn't matter. This is a, a, a choke point. And it's, not, it's a place that, um, that we here in the United States don't think about too much unless it's a situation like this where we're starting to see conflict down there. And, uh, and most people don't understand sort of why it is imperative. But we're going to get into it. We're going to talk about what has become a shooting gallery, you know, in this area and why this area is important. Part of it is just dumb luck, just geographical dumb luck. There are areas in which the sea, the Red Sea or the Persian Gulf itself start to get narrow in in parts, not by not because of man-made issues or anything like that, just topography, geography, whatever. It just is a little bit narrow in certain areas. And where it is narrow, 
that makes it a logical choke point. That makes it a place where you don't have to control all of the Red Sea. You just have to control the narrow parts of the Red Sea, right? So so it's not even so much geopolitics as it is just logic and strategy and dumb luck. So if you're if you're a country that borders the Red Sea, like Egypt and Sudan and Saudi Arabia and Yemen and Eritrea and Djibouti, then you you have been this has been a, a crucial part of your existence forever. The Red Sea is majorly important. Not just for oil, just for everything. So it's not like it's new. <laughs> it's not like we just invented it. It's been there for a while. There's been problems there for a long, long time. I mean, this isn't this isn't like some new occurrence. It's just that now, because of the situation in Israel, as a way to fight back on behalf of the Palestinians in Gaza that are being overrun, they're align their brethren, brothers, I don't know, religious brothers, political brothers in Yemen have decided that what they're going to do is they're going to do their part to disrupt anybody that's trying to bring supplies into Israel and therefore bringing supplies into what they perceive to be their enemy. So if you're a, a ship that is going through the Gulf of Aden and into the Red Sea, you've got to pass by Yemen. You don't have a choice. You can hug Djibouti and Eritrea on that western coast to the extent that you can, but there is a there is a, a region right at the beginning, the southernmost part of the Red Sea that we're going to get into that is extremely narrow. And when you go through there, you're just a gigantic target. You better hope that you don't have enemies on the shorelines, because if if you do, you've got nowhere to go. And that's kind of the situation that we're in right now. So let's start with we'll do a little. This is going to be like sort of a geography class, you know, and I and but I like geography. I always have. And I've come from a family that I'm a, we're a traveling family. You know, we've been all kinds of places. My mom was a uh, one of those legendary Pan Am flight attendants in the sixties on the international legs. So she's been like every, he's like, Hey, have you ever been to Beirut? She's like, I've been to Beirut 200 times. <laughs> You're like, damn, you know, like, you know, so like we come from a family. My dad was a pilot. We come from a family that likes to get out and see things. And I, and I've been to Egypt and it's uh you want to talk about a humbling place, man. You go out there to the pyramids. Sphinx is a little, Less impressive than you might think it is, but the pyramids more than make up for it. And I don't know how it works now, but at the time when I was there in 1989, you could go in the pyramids. Like I've been in the chambers and everything and in the narrow, very steep ladders that they've put in there and gone up. In, I mean, oof. it's a it's a really important place. It's an important place geographically. It's important now because we have we we place a lot of emphasis on it because of the oil in that region, not so much Egypt, but but in that area, and uh, and and it's been you know as they they call it the birthplace of civilization in that region. So it's very important. It's got a long history, and it's and we should probably pay attention to it because it's now going to become part of our problem. And that's 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 the thing is that. I'm not just picking some random place and saying, well, let's like, let's talk about this waterway that nobody cares about. No, this is important because it's only going to get worse. 
Thanks for watching that clip. If you want to hear the entire episode in audio format, just go wherever podcasts are served, search for macroaggressions, subscribe to the show, and please rate it when you get a chance. Thanks, everybody.